your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 23rd, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And before we get into today's episode, just want to give a big shout out and a lot of prayers going out to the folks in uh, Boulder, Colorado that either lost their lives or family members of the victims that of the mass shooting going on in that supermarket on Monday. I think six people were dead at least, from at least what I know, including the police officers. So definitely many prayers and thoughts out to those families and communities. Uh, just crazy, crazy times that we live in, and you never know when your family member leaves the house if they're actually going to return. So definitely show that love, and we definitely want to show that love out to the communities there in Boulder, Colorado. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of texts, got a lot of calls, all based off of some of the moves, some of the transactions, free agent signings that have gone on with the Silver and Black so far this new league year. So that's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, going to talk about the Raiders as a roster and if they are currently better than they were, than the team was in 2020. Are the current roster, the guys that are on the roster, the guys that have been added to the roster, are they better than the team that the Raiders were in 2020 that ended up 8-8 eight and eight on the season? And really, this came from a, a tweet that I saw uh, earlier in the day on Monday, and it just basically said uh, the Raiders are not a better team than they were in 2020 right now. And so it got me thinking. So I kind of just wanted to go back and think about it, and I spent a lot of the day on Monday thinking about it and wanted to talk about it here with you on the podcast here in segment number two, so that'll be coming up then. And here in segment number one, as I always do, news and notes of the day, and there's a ton of news and notes to get to, so let's go ahead and jump right into it uh, off top the Raiders decided that Andre James the man that's going to be taking the place of Rodney Hudson at the center position they wanted to give him an extended contract they wanted to go ahead and make sure they had him locked up for the next couple years they sent out a, a piece that said the Raiders have agreed to terms with center of the future Andre James on a three-year contract worth 12 and a half million dollars he's getting six million dollars guaranteed he had one year left uh, on his contract he was going to be a restricted free agent now he is under contract with the Raiders through 2023 of course the Raiders traded Rodney Hudson to the uh, to the Arizona Cardinals got that third round pick and return and Andre James gets a nice raise and the thing about it is and I saw a lot of people question this move and why would the Raiders do this he's only started one game look they're rolling the dice. They're rolling the dice and, and believing that he's going to be a really good addition to the offensive line. Clearly, they've seen him all the time in practice. That's why they, one, felt comfortable with trading Rodney Hudson, and two, they decided to give him that contract extension before he goes out and showcases what he can do and other teams try to throw more money at him. So they rolled the dice with Darren Waller and look, they had already let Darren Waller play a handful of games and get a bunch of catches and you know a couple touchdowns before they did that and gave him a contract extension, but it worked out really well with Darren Waller. You look at what he's making and then you look at what Travis Kelsey's making. You see what George Kittle's making. You see what other tight ends. John U. Smith just signed with with the Patriots. You know, Hunter Henry just signed with uh, with the Patriots as well. You know, you see what those guys are making. You see what Darren Waller's making. The Raiders' decision to go ahead and extend him worked out really well. So uh, they're hoping that the same thing happens with Andre James. And I'm not mad at it. I think it's a good gamble. And it's not really affecting what they're doing this year. That money is not affecting this year. It's not a big deal. So uh, all is good as far as I'm concerned when it comes to Andre James and his contract extension. 
The Raiders handed out a few uh, free agent signings on Monday, and the first one came through. It was Titans defensive lineman, former Titans defensive lineman, Matt Dickerson. They agreed to a one-year, $1.25 million contract. He's just a guy that's a depth piece. That's it. I mean, it's nothing like I had a couple guys. Raider Izzy hit me up. I was like, I don't know anything about him. The dude was an undrafted free agent at one point. So, I mean, he just kind of stuck around the league, bounced around. He's played in 18 games the last three years for the Titans. Uh, he's six foot five, 292-pound defensive lineman. He entered the league as an undrafted free agent in in 18 appearances, he's recorded 15 tackles, and he's played in four postseason games. Uh, last season, Dickerson appeared in a career-high 10 games, and he had 10 tackles and one quarterback pressure. He also started for the Titans in their postseason game and recorded one sack in that game. So uh, not a whole lot on Dickerson. Again, he's a guy that's going to provide some depth and some competition for camp. Remember, everybody that they bring in is not guaranteed to make the 53-man roster, but they're providing competition. I think that's a major thing to remember. They're providing competition and depth along the defensive line, which they really, really need and hungry guys are going to stick around and not so hungry guys and guys that are proven their worth are going to be gone so just because he's signing today don't mean he's going to be around on opening day so Matt Dickerson he signs with the Raiders on Monday also the Raiders signed Darius Phylon uh, and he was a guy, he's kind of a controversial guy. He's a guy that a lot of people hit me up and was like, Q, there's your car thief. He is an absolute car thief, and he's gotten into a little bit of trouble uh, off the field. But on the field, he can absolutely play and get after it. Now, I know he hasn't been in the league for a while. Uh, last played with the Cardinals in 2019, and then they released him because of his issues off the field, and he hasn't been in the league since, and he signs a deal with the Raiders. And I don't know the exact details on the, uh, on the signing or the numbers as far as money or anything, but uh, again, he's a dude who can he can get after it you know there's a lot of people that realize that he was a, a heck of a player while he was in the league he's six foot one 286 pounder he played with the Cardinals in 2019 and four seasons with the Chargers after being selected in the sixth round of the 2015 draft has made 54 appearances 19 starts has 80 total tackles nine and a half sacks two passes defense and two forced fumbles in his career uh, in 2018 appeared in all 16 games for the second time in a row and had a career high 13 starts totaling 33 tackles uh, four sacks and one four fumble and he appeared in the Chargers two postseason games recording two tackles now that's on the field off the field well like I said he had some issues he was out of football for two seasons after being arrested in Phoenix for an aggravated assault uh, the case currently is listed as closed by the Maricopa County Attorney Office NFL says the matter is still being reviewed under the league's personal conduct policy so he could still be suspended at some point but according to the case history the case against Darius Phylon was dismissed on February 11th he was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon in August of 2019 and this all comes from an incident at a strip club where apparently he pointed a gun at two women uh, two strippers uh or should I say dancers, sorry, two dancers, and uh, said which one wants to catch a bullet. And there's some video, and I was watching the video that was from surveillance. It didn't have any sound or anything, but it was kind of like surveillance outside the club. And first of all, you always know who the guilty guy is when he immediately walks out of the club and then takes his shirt off. Whoever walks out the club and then takes his shirt off, you know it's about to go down, or he's got some kind of intentions on his mind. And uh, it was two-something in the morning uh, coming out of a strip club, and they went to the car. You could see them all go to the car. It was him, another dude, looked like maybe a couple of the dudes and then a couple ladies and then you see the ladies kind of walking and backing up and walking away so I couldn't really tell the, vi the video was very very grainy so I couldn't really tell maybe that was the reason why the case was dismissed but 
Clearly, he's got some car thief in him. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing as far as that situation that he was in because that sounds like some serious, serious business that could have gone terribly, terribly wrong. So, uh, yeah, that's a guy that you're going to have to kind of watch for and just kind of he, – he's you want to talk about edgy. And I know I said that I want the Raiders to go and get some some guys that are a little edgy and the guys that have uh, some car thief to them. But that sounds like really, really over the top. But either way, the case was dismissed on February 11th, so the NFL is currently looking into it. I expect them, just to be 100% real with you, I expect them to probably suspend him for a couple games just like they did Richie Incognito when he signed with the Raiders a couple seasons ago. Obviously, the circumstances are different, but I still think that they're going to kind of stay with that standard and just go ahead and dock him a couple games. So he probably won't be available immediately if he makes the squad with the Raiders, but either way, uh, he's a dude who can get after it on the field. So that's really all I'm going to say on that because I don't have any more details on his situation off the field. And I wanted to give you an update on Marcus Mariota, backup quarterback for the Raiders. Apparently, there's multiple reports out there saying that he is indeed is going to return to the Raiders or he has returned to the Raiders and he plans on restructuring his contract like they wanted him to do. They wanted him to take that big time uh, hit from about $10 million he was supposed to make in 2021 to about $3 million. So that's a heck of a a contract restructure. And like I said, it's nothing out there official yet, but uh, many different people and outlets are saying that it's looking like it's going to be a done deal. Even Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal and also Raider Nation Radio 920 said uh, a resolution is coming for Raiders and Marcus Mariota. All signs are pointing him coming back to Las Vegas on a reduced contract. But again, nothing is 100% official, but that would be a big deal, man, if he decides to to take that uh, that contract restructure and go back with the Raiders because, again, when a push comes to shove and he was forced into action that Week 15 game against the Chargers, he did a really good job, and they really should have won that game. Uh, they found a way to lose it at the end. Of course, the defense was at fault there, and, and also the fact that the Raiders just couldn't score enough when they had an opportunity to get the, into the end zone. Uh, John Gruden didn't hit the right buttons to get, really should have got Marcus Mariota. I still stand by it. They, they should have done a couple zone reads while they were right there by the end zone, and he could have got in there and scored a touchdown. The game would have been over, but again, that's me going back to week 15 and getting angry about it, so I'm not going to do that, but it does look like Marcus Mariota is going to return to the team on a reduced contract, which I think is a great sign for the Raiders. And my final note here for uh, segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast has to do with uh, a player that's not signing with the Raiders. That's a Dory Jackson, cornerback who was released from the Titans. He's signing with the Giants, and the Raiders were in on him. They were looking at him and interested in bringing him in because they still need secondary help. They still need guys at the corner position and guys at the safety position. But they weren't going to pay the kind of money that the Giants rolled out for Adoree Jackson. And it's crazy, man. Adoree Jackson was just released because he wasn't playing that well with the Titans. Well, what did the Giants do? They decided to turn around and give him a three-year, $39 million deal. I wish I would not perform that well and get a three-year, $39 million deal for something. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. The details of a contract, uh, signing bonus, $13.5 million. Total guarantee, $26.5 million. Uh, year one total is $16 million. The deal could be worth up to $44.5 million with incentives. So, yeah, Dory Jackson, for everything that they said that, you know, they rolled out Logan Ryan there. He was his former teammate there in Tennessee. And, and they're talking about the fit and how he can help them get to the next level. Man, anyone was signed who just got released for that kind of bread. I mean, the Giants just rolled out all kind of money for him. So yeah, he got the bag and he's signing with the Giants and the Raiders will continue to look for corner help and they'll continue to look for safety help. And I do believe they'll get some, you know, by way of a free agency and then they'll probably dip into the draft as well. But I expect a veteran corner and a veteran safety at some point to be signed by the Raiders. And there's still plenty of really good, solid veterans out there. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, are the Raiders currently, right now, as we look at the roster on March 23rd, are they better 
than they were in 2020. We'll discuss it coming up next in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. March Madness is going on. Been watching it every single day. Been locked in on it while I'm doing everything else, including my radio show on Fox Sports Central Texas. And I'll tell you, this is the best or one of the best times of year just because of all the action. You just don't know how it's going to go down. But if you want to not only just watch the games, but you want to be a part of the games, you want to get off the sidelines and get into the action, betonline.ag is the place for you to do it. All you got to do is open up a free account today and whatever deposit you put in there, your first deposit, you put $100 in, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code locked on. It's as simple as that. No matter how much you put in, if you use the promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. So basically you're playing with your money, but you're also playing with someone else's money or you're playing with some free money. And that's a good thing, right? Absolutely. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. If you were looking for them on social media, check them out at BetOnline underscore AG. Again, take advantage of all the best bonuses by uh, checking out BetOnline.ag. And remember, when you open up that free account, use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. All from BetOnline.ag. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to kind of talk about a tweet that I saw, and I apologize that I don't remember exactly whose Twitter account I saw it on, but I saw it on Monday before I went on my show on Fox Sports Central Texas. I do that 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time each and every day, Monday through Friday. And I saw it right before I went on the air, and for some reason, it just stuck in my head, like throughout the whole show. Did a really good show, had a really, really good show, a lot of good guests on the show. But for some reason, that tweet just stuck in my head, even though I can't remember exactly who it was from, but basically it just said that the Raiders are not a better team right now than they were in 2020. And I guess what got me thinking about it is because I was like, well, are they or are they not? And now look, they've made a lot of moves and they made, you know, some moves that a lot of people, including myself, questioned and wondered, especially as they dismantled the offensive line. You know, you get rid of Gabe Jackson has already reported that he's going to be released. Okay, then you hold on to him for a while. So you figure maybe they're trying to trade him. Trent Brown figured he was a goner. No doubt about it. Even during the season last year, figured Trent Brown was a goner. So that was no big deal. I know that they had released Richie Incognito. They ended up bringing him back. I didn't even think twice about Trent Brown and Richie Incognito. Once it got to Rodney Hudson, it got personal, though, you know, because Rodney Hudson, you know, he's been that guy he's been the anchor of the offensive line so it was really really confusing what they were doing and you really couldn't see the direction and uh if you've been listening to the show no I did a podcast last week saying you know what's the plan because I really couldn't see the plan and still they got to put it together I'm not saying that the plan is clear right now they've got a lot of work to do still to put everything together they need a lot of pieces still on this squad but I just look at it right now and I'm thinking are they a better team than they were in 2020 and they went eight and eight The defense was horrendous. They were awful, you know, and they had some good pieces, but a lot of guys, especially on defense, didn't show up and weren't available. Like a Damon Arnett wasn't available a lot because he was injured. Now, he might turn out to be a really great player, but we won't know until we actually see him on the field doing what he got to do. So just for the fact that he has an opportunity to get healthy this offseason, I think that that's a good move in the right direction because he wasn't even healthy when he went into training camp. You know, Jonathan Abram, he's going into year three of being a professional, even though really only two years on the grass, but but it'll be year three, and this is a big year for uh, Jonathan Abram. You know, Cleve Farrell has an opportunity to take another step forward. You know, this guy's Trayvon Mullen has an opportunity to get better in the offseason and, uh, and come back. And then, hopefully, the team won't have to deal with COVID. So I started looking at it and started thinking about, especially all those points that I just pointed out, I was thinking... 
yeah, they got to be better right now, right? Now, I'm not saying that they're ready to go win the division and not going to make a deep run in the playoffs right now. I'm not saying that this team is ready for all that, but I'll say off top, just getting rid of Paul Gunther and bringing in Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator, I think that that's a big step in the right direction. I think he's a guy that's going to help these guys kind of settle in and play defense, play sound defense and fundamental defense where they're not missing out on missing tackles and not being in the right place and thinking too much. That was something that was, you know, a bugaboo for the Raiders in 2020. You could see everybody was thinking and they weren't thinking the right thing and they were out of place. Even in that game, that Kansas City game where uh, Jonathan Abram, he came up and started to try to attack Patrick Mahomes and Damon Arnett was in the wrong spot and there was a big hole and Travis Kelsey's wide open in the end zone. That's a, that's a product of thinking. Thinking too much and not just going out there and playing. So I think Gus Bradley is a great pickup for the Raiders as a defensive coordinator because I think he can he can simple, simplify things and, and make it so guys can go out there and just execute, like a Corey Littleton, like a Nick Wachowski, Nicholas Morrow, like him. You know, and so I, I started looking at some of the additions to the team. Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, I think that's a step in the right direction. Ron Milas is a very, very well-respected defensive back coach. That's going to be a positive step in the right direction. Defensive backs were often out of place in 2020. Richard Smith, Big-time linebacker coach, very well-respected across the league. So just those three defensive co- coaches right there I think are going to help the Raiders. Now, they're not going to be the difference in, like, two or three wins, but they could be. <laughs> they could be because if you think about it, the Raiders lost a couple games in 2020 late in the game due to defensive breakdowns. Then you add Unique Ngakwe, a guy that I've been talking about for about two and a half seasons, if not more, here on the podcast. Excited that you bring him in. Oh, by the way, you only bring him in on a two-year deal, and he's still a young cat. He's only 25 years old, turns 26 at the end of the month. By the time his contract's up, he's only going to be 28. So that means that he still feels like he has an opportunity to get a nice payday if he goes out there and balls out. The dude has never had less than eight sacks in a season. Eight sacks a year ago would have led the team. I'll take that. And the year before, 10 sacks led the team in, in Max Crosby. So Max Crosby's led the team in sacks the last two seasons. And eight, I would take eight consistently every year. And I think Ngakwe, teaming back up with Gus Bradley, who was the guy that was his uh, head coach in Jacksonville his rookie year, I think he's going to do some really good things. Then you, you think about some of the competition and some of the depth that they provided along that defensive line. Quentin Jefferson, defensive end. Solomon Thomas, he's going to play that three technique, that defensive tackle position. Matt Dickerson, defensive end. Darius Phylon, defensive end. You know, those guys right there. And then you think about guys that are re-signed on the defensive side of the ball, like Jonathan Hankins, David Irving. You know, those are two guys right there. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, I mentioned him already. Those guys have re-signed that were already with the team. And so that's more defensive help. And I just feel like that that they're a little bit deeper now on that defense, especially, again, going back to the defensive line. I think it's going to be a big competition for who's going to be out there playing the majority of the time. You still have Clee Farrell, of course. He's under contract. You have Mo Hurst. He's still under contract. You team him back up with Jonathan Hankins. You, you put in David Irving. And, and I've said David Irving to me is my wild card. He could play defensive tackle. He could play defensive end. He's got to be right. The only thing about Irving is he's got to be right. If he can get his mind right and be like motivated to go play, he could be an absolute steal. An absolute steal. This dude can get after it if he's focused and he wants to go out there and be the best David Irving he can be. Now, if he just wants to go out and roll out of bed and go perform, then okay, so be it. Then he'll get a couple sacks here, a couple sacks there. He'll have a couple moments of flashing. But if he's really serious about it, he absolutely could be a difference maker. 
Offensively, they brought in Kenyon Drake. He's going to compliment Josh Jacobs, but he's also going to be, you know, a starter when Jacobs is on the field. I mean, this guy, you're never going to have a, a non-starting running back on the field. That is a great positive step. Two guys that are capable of getting 1,000 yards rushing is what you have in the backfield right now. He could be used in multiple different ways. He's going to be that joker guy that Lynn Bowden Jr. was supposed to be for the Raiders, and obviously that didn't work out. They shipped him off to Miami. Kenyon Drake could play that role, and he's been in the league not long enough to know how to take care of himself and how to be available and just be that guy. So uh, excited about that addition. I've been talking about that for a couple days. And then John Brown. He's a speedster. He's 30 years old. I, I know that I didn't talk glowingly about him because similar to Nelson Aguilar when the, he signed a year ago, I wasn't very high on him. And I'm not that high on John Brown either just because availability has been an issue. But, hey, I was wrong about Nelly and I have no problem saying that. I would love to say I'm wrong about John Brown as well and, and that he could stretch the field and be that dude. If he can be what Nelly was for the Raiders, then boom, there you go. You know, you're, you're all good, especially when you see what Nelly signed for in New England. Uh, John Brown would be a great replacement at the, at the money that they brought him in at at the price that they brought him at it would be all good and hopefully you got a guy like Henry Ruggs or, or, or uh, Brian Edwards that could step up and, and take their game to the next level from what they were just a year ago so just with those guys I named I think that those are a lot better than some of the players that the Raiders had in 2020 also Marcus Mariota looks like he's going to re-sign on a cheaper deal. That's a positive. Uh, Denzel Good, he's back on a two-year deal. That's positive. He was a, a jack-of-all-trades on that offensive line. He played tackle. He played guard. He, he did anything that the Raiders asked him to do. He gets a two-year contract. That's good. Richie Incognito comes back on a one-year deal. Uh, they re-sign Andre James. Still kind of wanting to see exactly what, uh, what, what he's going to do and how he's going to play. I mean, that's going to be a question mark. You know, you don't just step in and replace Rodney Hudson and think, okay, he's going to be just as good, no doubt about it. He's going to have to earn his stripes, but they gave him a contract extension before he ever had a chance to test the market, so this looks like they feel pretty good about him. Of course, time will tell. They re-signed Theo Riddick at the running back position, re-signed Derek Carrier at the tight end position, uh, re-signed Zay Jones at the wide receiver position. I mean, they've done a lot of, uh, of, of good housekeeping, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of deals that are very, very manageable, nothing that's just outrageous. The highest deal that they've given anyone so far is... Unique Ngakwe, and I definitely believe that he deserved that. I mean, getting it two years, $26 million, fully guaranteed, fine. I'm good with that. I think it's well-deserved for Ngakwe, and he's going to show his worth as a Raider the next couple seasons. Also, they traded Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, and Rodney Hudson, so it's not like they just flat-out released those guys. They got a third and a fifth in 2021, and they got a fifth-round pick in 2022, and currently they got eight draft picks to work with in the upcoming draft. So, again, they can use those picks. If they use all eight to, to actually pick players, great. If not, they can pick like six guys and maybe package a couple picks to move up and go get a guy that they really covet. So, yeah, I think that the team is even if the team's not better than the squad in 2020 it's at least even and, and with the deals that they've made and the one-year deals and the fact that all these guys are gonna have to go out there and prove their worth they're not an old bunch you know I mean 30 years old for John Brown that's you know that's like the one guy that's 30 everyone else is is very reasonable and they're in their 20s I'm, I'm good with that I'm good with those uh, those signings and the way that they structured them you know, a lot of people were tripping out about the, the Kenyon Drake signing until they actually saw the breakdowns of his contract and realized it wasn't a lot of money either. So, again, I, I'm not going to say that they're just head and shoulders better than 2020, but they're at least even with 2020. And probably the, the, the big question mark is going to be, can Andre James hold down that center position somewhat close to what Rodney Hudson was able to do? I'm not saying he's going to be exactly like Rodney Hudson, but if he can get close to holding it down like Rodney Hudson – then boom, then you got some. You're cooking with grease. I feel confident in Denzel Good. Uh, I feel 
confident in what Richie Incognito is going to do. I think that they obviously still need a right tackle. They still need a corner and they still need a safety. I think they'll get probably all those in, in uh, free agency and then they'll address those positions as well in the draft among other positions that they address in the draft. Plus guys are going to have an opportunity to get healthy like a Brian Edwards who, who needs to be as healthy as possible. He could be a heck of a player if and when he's healthy. I mentioned Damon Arnett. If and when he's healthy, he could be a heck of a player. They, they gave that guy a starting position out of training camp last year. That's how much they liked him. Now this year, he's got to show why. Why did they do that? Henry Ruggs, he only had 26 catches. How much better can he be with a year under his belt? So just with that experience alone, I think that's going to help this team be a lot better in 2021 as well. Again, not crowning them, not saying that they're AFC champs, not saying that every move that they've made is clear as day to me, and I'm super excited and and doing a backflip because, well, here they go. They're about to go make a run to the Super Bowl. Not trying to blow smoke up your backside like that. I would never do that to you, but... This team is, in my opinion, definitely not worse than the 2020 team. If anything, at the very least, they're on the same page with plenty of opportunities still to get a lot better. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just kind of had to get that off my chest because it was something that just stuck with me all day on Monday. And, I, just, you know, when that happens, I know immediately, like, okay, that's what I need to talk about on the podcast. It's just that simple. So that's what I got for you for today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707 Six five four four six nine three. Before I get into that, though, I definitely, definitely want to go ahead and let you know about a couple great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And the first one is RockAuto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. All you got to do is go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they got everything. Engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Doesn't matter if you got a classic or a daily driver. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away, and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can check and see all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are super low and the same for professional as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Right now, go to rockauto.com, check out the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, only thing I ask is that you say Locked On Raiders Podcast in the little box that said, how'd you hear about us? That's how they know that I'm doing my job and I sent you there. And uh, yeah, they'll give me two thumbs up and uh, yeah, and a big old smile. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need at one spot. That's rockauto.com. I also want to tell you about Built Bar and the Built Bar March Madness Challenge that's going on right now. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, Built Bar is a great tasting protein bar. Uh, 18 plus great flavors that you could choose from. All you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and check out all the great flavors. Uh, Of course, uh, amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's great for the keto diet, 100% covered in chocolate. Uh, I tell you that all the time. And that, I mean, a lot of people hit me up and was like, man, this Built Bar is great. This one's great. Well, now they got the challenge to find out exactly which one is the best one. And they're doing it March Madness style. Been talking about this for a while. And uh, matter of fact, let me tell you about today's matchup. Today's matchup in the Built Bar March Madness Challenge is Chocolate Brownie Chunk versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. Chocolate Brownie Chunk versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. You want to get your vote on BuiltBar.com or on Twitter, at Bar underscore Built. Again, get your vote on Chocolate Brownie Chunk versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. Who's going to move on to the next round? Well, only you can decide that. And uh, while you're on the website, BuiltBar.com, make sure you go ahead and check out all the great flavors. Uh, They just sent us some new ones, man. Birthday cake, the one that I talked about, white chocolate birthday cake, I talked about that uh, a little while ago, a couple days ago. Man, 
They sent that to me. I got that in the mail on Monday. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but boy, it does look good. I might have to say that one for a special day when I really need that extra boost. But you can go out there and check out whichever one you would like and uh, and maybe go ahead and get you a box of 18. If you do, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order just like that. Again, LOCKED15 for uh, 15% off your order just like that from BuiltBar.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. First up is a text from Don Juan from the 303. So say Q, Don Juan from the 303. Per Vic Tafer, Gruden's on plan C. How much longer do you feel Mark will put up with the non-playoff seasons? Again, that's from Don Juan from the 303. Thank you for that text. And look, I, I know, I remember that uh, that piece that Vic Tafer put out on The Athletic saying that Gruden's on uh, plan C, and that's not good. You know, he just returned in 2018, so it's not like he's been there a whole long time to already be on plan C. He, he tore it down, and then he built it back up, and now this season. And look, they're saying that originally the plan wasn't to tear it down, and then he decided that he had to tear it down, and all that is good stuff. So um, I, I don't think that... Gruden going without getting to the playoffs is going to be a good thing. I don't think by any means that he's on a hot seat anytime soon, but I think that he's going to continue to, you know, hear stuff from the owner, Mark Davis. And, uh, you know, especially being there in Vegas, man, they don't go to Vegas. They don't make that move to Vegas with expectations of being a losing organization. They go to Vegas with the expectations of getting to the playoffs and making a run. Uh, I've said it before, John Gruden, if he were to work out the whole uh, length of that contract, that 10-year contract that he has, and he does not get to the Super Bowl and hoist the Lombardi, it is an absolute fail. <laughs> it is an absolute fail. I mean, look, you get a 10-year contract, you probably should hoist a couple Lombardis, but I'm not trying to be greedy. So he should at least get one. And, you know, if, if not then that's a problem. Well, you got to get to the playoffs before you can hoist the Lombardi. So, yeah, I mean, he's got to get cooking. If not for, you know, being on the hot seat, just for himself, just to say, hey, I really can do this and I'm not in over my head. So uh, I think that that's really the most important thing, important factor as far as that goes. So thank you so much for that text. So I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Debater. It's been a minute. He's from Oaktown. He's calling in to talk about the Raiders offseason and how he's very excited about the direction the team is going in 2021. Here he is, Raider Debater from Oakland. What's up, Q? Long time no talk, man. Raider debater from Oakland. I had to call in, man, because I am excited about this year more than any other Gruden year. First off, Mayock and Gruden have been masterful in this free agent period. Unique and Gakwe may be the best free agent signing of the year. This guy gets you eight sacks on average. His only year with Gus Bradley as a rookie had eight sacks. If this guy is healthy, pencil him in for 12 sacks this year. We finally got a top five edge rusher which is huge because I think Clee Farrell takes a step as one of the best players on the team. Clee has had a bad go of it, you know, recently. His sickness and weight loss started his first year. COVID and injury started his second. If, and this is a big if, but if Clee stays healthy, Unique Ngakwe and Clee Farrell tandem will give you at least 20 sacks combined with Mad Max, who was played injured, and Carl Nassib as situational pass rushers the moment that the Raiders signed Richard Sherman this defense under Gus Bradley will have done a 180-degree turnaround, which is promising for a defense that probably had one of the worst defensive coordinators ever in Paul D.G. and historically one of the worst Raider defenses, defenses ever. Offense looked real bleak. First off in free agency with Rodney and Gabe being released, only to find out that they was traded. We re-signed Incognito and Denzel Good. 
Colton Miller looks like he's getting ready to take a step to be elite. Kendrick Drake was a beautiful move because not only is it just a cap hit of $3 million this year, but we're definitely not paying him $8 million next year. So this is pretty much a one-year deal. A perfect complement, a beautiful insurance policy, another 1,000-yard rusher that can take over and be a complement if it, in the event if Josh Jacobs gets injured. Hot take of the year, if Brian Edwards stays healthy, he'll be our number one receiver. He's a beast with walling at offense. Then you got the draft. Don't let Rashawn Taylor, the O-lineman from Northeastern fall, or Christian Barmore, the D-tackle from Alabama, be there. Woo! Q, man, with this free agency and the trades, are you just excited as me for this year? And is this the year we go to the offs? Man, thanks. There he goes, a very positive Raider debater, and you heard him right there break it down on why he feels the moves have been smart for the Raiders, and he's also very high on Brian Edwards. If he can stay healthy, that's the big if when it comes to Edwards. And look, I'm optimistic about a lot of the moves that I've seen as well, like I documented in segment number two. Uh, a little confused still by some of the moves. You know, of course, when you talk about Rodney Hudson, uh, you know, being gone, that's a big deal, but, uh, you know, him getting older, costing a lot more money, along with Gabe as well. Uh, they did take a step back as far as the offensive line play in, in 20 20 so you get it it's a business they're always looking to you know replace you and so you know I feel confident with Denzel Good being back incognito being back I think Simpson's going to be able to play James is going to be the one that everyone's paying attention to how well does he play he's going to be the one that Raider Nation focuses in on how does that center position play and then the good thing is they did go and provide some depth with Nick Martin not he's not a starter but he's a guy that can come in in a pinch if need be so uh, yeah I mean there's there's things to like definitely they're not done they still need like I said corner help they need safety help they need right tackle help but I do believe that they'll address that sooner rather than later so thank you so much for that call my man appreciate you it's good to hear from you next up got a text from Eric from the 401 AQ it's Eric from the 401 again I'm glad to see that we were able to get something in return for Hudson instead of just releasing them it's a better return than we got for Brown that being said I'm glad to see Incognito and Good came back because we need some veterans on that offensive line I don't know much about Andre James and I'm worried about his ability to be a starter all season long I like to sign in a John Brown for a cheap one-year deal to help replace Aguilar's production. I'm hoping we bring back Zay Jones to actually use him. Hoping we can keep moving in the right directions. Playoffs or bust, just win, baby. That's from Eric from the 401. And yeah, Zay Jones, uh, I want to start with him because he's a guy that has stuck around with the Silver and Black for a while. They like him a lot. Maybe he will get a little bit more production than he has. I mean, I still know he's a depth piece. He's not a starter, but I mean, maybe he will be, you know, featured a little bit more and get into the game a little bit more. John Brown, uh, I think a lot of people know how I feel about him. Uh, I think he's a good player when he's on and he's available his availability is what what worries me uh, Andre James, they gave him that contract extension, so clearly he's the starter. Clearly they feel pretty good about him, but again, like I said a, a minute ago, that's going to be the wild card. Can he go out there and play, and can he somewhat hold up to the level of Rodney Hudson or close to it? Doesn't have to necessarily be Rodney Hudson, but just, you know, close to it. So we will see. Uh, it should have been playoffs or bust last season. It's got to be playoffs or bust this season, right? Thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Obi-Wan Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. He's calling to talk about the signings the Raiders have had so far this offseason. Season, talks about wide receiver John Brown and how he can help the offense moving forward. Here he is, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Arlington, Texas. Um, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the signings that we that we have made so far, man. Uh, I believe that um, the signing of Josh Brown, even though uh, a lot of people might think it's not a big deal, um, you know how everybody says, uh, you know, uh, Henry Ruggs can't have him as a as a as a you know decoy. Uh, well, I believe that uh, uh, John Brown is going to be um, our decoy for 
um, Henry Ruggs. You know, I think if we're going to see a lot more from Henry Ruggs this year, man. Um, you know, some cross patterns and, you know, some, uh, some other stuff that we're going to design him. You know, not, not, he's not going to be going deep as much, you know. I think he's going to be getting a lot of stuff underneath, man, and it's going to open him up a lot. Um, so I think believe that John Brown signing is to help uh, Henry Ruggs in his development, man. Um, even though you know I wasn't I wasn't high on him, but um, you know he's he's gonna grow on me, man. He's I I liked him last year. Um, got me jumping off the couch, man. And 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 the, I think our running back room is gonna be gonna be big for us, man. That's gonna really help our our offensive line, man. That uh you know pretty much got dismantled. Um, so I think uh I think everything we're doing is is, is, is pretty smart, you know if if you really think about it. Um, and I just want to say um, to um, uh, Obi One Ra- Raiders family, man, God bless you guys. Um, uh, you guys been in my prayers, and um, you know, th- thank you for the information that you you put out for um, so you could donate to his family, man. Um, I really appreciate it, Q. Thank you so much, man, uh, for uh, everything you do, man. I-, I I get all my Raider content from from you, so uh, thank you guys, man. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. There he goes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Arlington, Texas. Uh, yeah, and Brown, he could end up being a good player. You know, I know he's a guy that a lot of folks are hung up on because he has that speed. He could be a really, really good player. He's not my wide receiver that I'm, you know, excited about, not fired up about him. But again, it doesn't really matter what I think. It all matters what, you know, what he does. He can go out there and perform. He's got a one-year deal. Go out there and ball out and, and turn that contract into something big like Nelly did. Availability is his biggest thing. Will he be available? We'll see. That's that's my biggest concern when it comes to John Brown. And then uh, shout out to Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas, as uh, everyone has been praying for his his uh, recovery and matter of fact uh, got an update from his wife uh, Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2 on Twitter she said uh, hey cute little update on my husband Obi did well uh, the placement of the trek and the peg he actually looks better he still hasn't woke up but he's reacting to pinches so that's a good sign they also took him off of one of the seizure medications so uh, that's good news right there and yeah so shout out to uh, everyone who's been thinking about Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas and shout out to Obi-Wan Kenobi in Arlington, Texas for shouting him out as well definitely appreciate you uh, got a couple more before we wrap up today's show. Text from Blake in Louisiana. Hey, Q, it's Blake from Louisiana. Just wanted to ask you what you think of the John Brown signing. If he could be like Nelly signing last year, could he bring out the best in Rugs and Edwards coming into year two? On defense, I absolutely love the re-signing of Morrow. He's been our long-term project since we were back in Oakland. He really came into his own in 2019 and continued in 2020. Just hoping we could pick up that TCU safety in round one and potentially a solid right tackle in round two. That's all I got, Q. Just win, baby. That's from Blake in Louisiana, and I think I've been on record pretty well about uh, how I feel about John Brown, so I guess I don't have to rehash that. Uh, You know, Trayvon Merrick from TCU, he'd be a good safety. I think 17 would be too high for him, but, I mean, if that's the guy that you want, that's the guy you go get, I would not be shocked at all if the Raiders go and get a right tackle in round one, to be 100% honest with you, but we'll see. The draft is very deep at the tackle position, so maybe they can wait till round two and decide they go get a skill player uh, in round one because the position is not as deep. That could be a thought as well. Thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Raider Dot. He's calling to talk about what I said about John Brown on Monday's podcast, and he found it pretty funny and similar to what I said about Nelly last offseason. Here he is, Raider Dot. What's going on, Q? It's Raider Dot. I find it highly, <laughs> I find it highly funny about um, what I just heard you say about John Brown. This is Monday's episode, so I'm listening to you, right? And I'm listening to you say, um, like Nelly, you didn't think he was even gonna make the team. So based off how 
I remember the energy you had when we had Nelly was very similar. You was like, oh, man. So I, so I guess it's safe to say John Brown about to have a breakout year, man. <laughs> John Brown about to have a bounce back year because you was down on Nelly from jump. And then he, uh, he balled out, you know. I'm going to just run with that formula, man. I'm going to be like, yeah, man. Yeah, we need Q to keep knocking these receivers. We get in free agency. And hopefully you start knocking rugs so he can step up. Shit, you know, you kind of got a little hope for him, but he probably, you know. But maybe, maybe if you knock rugs a little bit more, he could turn up. You know what I'm saying? But anywho, I just thought it was funny how uh, the same energy you gave Nelson Aguilar when we picked him up, you 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 just gave John Brown the same energy. It was like, huh? So hopefully they turn up this year. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm finna get back to the show. I just thought that was hella funny. Great to hear from you, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, it was funny. And I, I thought about, you know, Nelly last year when I was talking about John Brown on Monday's show, uh, the fact that, you know, I've doubted both of those guys. And Nelly proved me wrong, and I was the first one to come out and say, Nelly proved me wrong. If John Brown stays healthy and proves me wrong, he could definitely thrive out and ball out. I mean, he's got that speed. He can, uh, you know, stretch the field. I would be glad to be wrong about him, and I'll be the first one to come out and say, hey, John Brown proved me wrong just like Nelly did. So hopefully that happens. That would be a good thing if that happens, right? So I'm glad that you found found that funny because I kind of found it funny as well when I was saying it. So uh, thank you for that call. Finally, got one more text from D nice out of Vegas. He says, Hey Q, this is D nice. I'm a Titans fan living in Vegas. I do follow the Raiders since they are the local team. Heard you do a crossover with Tyler on locked on Titans a few years ago. And I started following you. I also make sure I listen to you on Cofield and company. I love the flavor you brings. I love the flavor you bring. It reminds me of Stuart Scott. I just want to say keep up the good work. Stay cool like the other side of the pillow. That's from D-Nice in Vegas, and thank you so much for that. And, you know, I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast, but Stuart Scott's one of my heroes, man. Stuart Scott is one of those guys that, no joke, even now when I see him and I see that speech that he gave uh, at the ESPY Awards uh, when he was obviously dealing with cancer and everything, and, I mean, it literally brings a tear to my eye right now. That dude is, I mean, he is he is the dude. He was absolutely the dude. He was the guy that when I saw him on TV on Sports Center and he was booyah and, you know, cooler than the other side of the pillow and snoop upside your head and he was bringing hip hop and putting it into sports as well. He made me realize that a dude that looked like me could do what I'm doing to this day. And I know I'm not on TV, but realize that I could talk sports and get away with it and I could do it my own way. I don't have to be cookie cutter and sound like other people. I can sound like myself. And I'm not trying to sound like Stuart Scott, but I do know that I can be who I want to be. And so uh, it's funny that you bring him up because he definitely was a, a big time inspiration in my life. And uh, I think that that's cool, man. If anyone uh, thinks that I'm anything like that, dude, that's great. And again, not trying to be him, but uh, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. And speaking of Cofield and Company, I'll actually be on today on ESPN Las Vegas, and I'll be on for a while. Um, we're going to actually do a couple segments. Normally, we just talk Raiders, and then that's about it. But going to be on for a couple segments, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Steve Cofield's a good dude. I had him on my show on Fox Sports Central Texas the other day talking about uh, the UNLV basketball coach and how he left and went to Iowa State. Uh, they're in the Big 12, and so that's uh, my country that I'm in right now, Big 12 country. And so he was great with that, and so now I'm going to be – 
on his show. Return the favor and be on his show for a couple segments later on today uh, on ESPN Las Vegas. So definitely check that out. And uh, again, appreciate the compliments, man. And, and, and thanks for calling into the podcast as well. Uh, definitely appreciate that. So that's all I got for you on today's show. Uh, appreciate all the feedback. Anyone who hits me up on Twitter, at your boy Q254. And of course, everyone who calls in on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Coming up on tomorrow's show, more news and notes of the day. We'll have more calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, and we'll see what else we can get into. But uh, either way, we'll have another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, do what you do, wear your mask, wash your hands, you know, do all that good stuff, social distance, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.